so uh, so Saturday we were all in at different locations. Uh, uh, I was at Benton. Uh, uh, Briggsy, you were officiating at BGM. Uh, Wyatt, you're down at uh, uh, Highland um, for the Gary Curtis. I was at the the Benton Bobcat. Uh, Jerry Eckenrod Invitational that certainly didn't disappoint at all. Um, you know, uh, what were your experiences like or what, what were some things that may have uh, stood out to you uh, on Saturday? Well, well, for me, it was South Tama. Um, I guess I, I didn't uh, maybe kind of a uh, uh, soft-spoken type team that I, I didn't really realize, um, you know, they got a, a fairly solid uh, lineup going up and down. And uh, maybe that was one of the things that stuck out the most. Um, there wasn't, um, you know, a, a whole lot of uh, highly ranked uh, matchups in the finals like the, uh, the Eckenrod, but um, you still had Wilton there. Um, you know, with the Brisker boys, uh, Aiden Noonan there out of Cascade, who was uh, really, really solid. And uh, um, and then you got a, the upper weights, a couple of kids out of Muscatine that are that are just some nice, solid kids. And they'll be a Jayhawk this weekend, by the way, uh, Muscatine will. So um, but overall, I, I guess uh, as, as a generalization of the Highland tournament was South Tama. Um and New London, of course, has got some great kids in the in the Lopez brothers, and uh, mm-hmm. um, so uh, and, and New London's got a, a nice team as well. Maybe not the maybe not quite the balance that uh, South Tama does. No, but uh, New London's also a team that uh, might finish seventh or something in a tournament like that, but they'll also finish seventh in Des Moines. Because they're going to have guys that uh, they're going to have some very high point scores um, that can that can make up a lot of ground compared to some other teams. Right. You know, they're going to they're going to have those. Um, and I, without going through, you know, say say them five or six kids that will place in every tournament. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that I found interesting looking at the, re- the results of that tournament was that it was real balanced. I mean, the, the, uh, South Tama won it with 173 points, which is a quite low score, which tells me there's a lot of balance in the, in the teams, 14 teams. And, and uh, they only had one champ. Your fifth and your seventh place teams, Mid-Prairie, fifth, and New London, seventh, had three champs each. So interesting there. So uh, that would uh, support your, your uh, comment about uh, doing well in tournaments uh, with those individuals. So And even the ninth place team had a champ. So... Yeah, that's that's interesting. I thought makes yeah. it's very it's a very fun tournament thing. And was Albert was Albert net there? No. Yeah. Oh okay. yes, they were. Yes, they were. Yeah, and and that was a that was a, a perform a team performance that uh, uh, I I thought uh, that caught my eye a little bit. Um, you know, they've uh, uh, kind of dropped down just a. A little, but uh, I think they finished third or, or, or fourth. Uh, but they finished ahead of some pretty good teams, which uh, shows that uh, they might be on the upswing a little bit. And you know, on that, and speaking of that, twenty-six pounder neighbor, um, uh, you know, with um, I think he probably pinned his way through that tournament. But uh, um, uh, 
got got a couple good individuals in there, even though the they may not have the full team strength that uh, some of the other ones have. Yep. When I was at BGM, and that, you know, I, when you're officiating, it's hard to really, especially Saturday, it's hard right. to because you're you're busy, focused on your job. But uh, I did get to see obviously some wrestlers on the mat, I, and a lot of times I don't know who they are. Most of the time, I don't know who they are. Uh, but the thing that stuck out in looking at, back at it after the day, and then I could kind of re refresh my memory on some of those, is that uh, Monticello they 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 won it, and they they won it with uh, 200 points. And they had four champions. And here's something I learned. There's a lot of cousins on that team. But <laughs> <laughs> well, at the 138 pounder after he won it, and again, I don't even know if it's a championship match. I had to ask him, was this for the title? And he goes, yeah. And I, anyway, so then uh, I asked him, I said, I, oh, I, I said, I happened to see that your brother won uh, the other night for Upper Iowa. And he goes, oh, that's my cousin. <laughs> that's a <laughs> brother. <laughs> so and then the, the coach who's also, related obviously to him uh um said the same thing we got lots of cousins on the team so that was interesting with Monticello. a lot of family going there so good good job with them uh then another thing i noticed was that uh there wasn't any team that had more than two but a lot of them did so west marshall had two champs wapolo two champs tipton brooklyn and west and Denver west had two champs each so okay Kind of, kind of balanced there as well. So it was a run in two separate turn, uh, in two separate gyms, and there were four mats and only four officials. So I didn't get a chance to even glance at any of the other mats. So, uh, I was at uh, Benton, and of course, uh, you know that didn't uh, disappoint. Um, you know about uh, I think uh, Wyatt. What did you have? Sixty-five ranked wrestlers on the on the uh, teams that were involved in eight ranked teams. Is that right? Right. Um, yeah. Eight teams, 65 ranked wrestlers. I believe it was 14 number ones. And of course, uh, you, you know, Not they weren't all there. Yeah. They weren't all there, but there were still 14 number one kids. And uh, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting to see those head to head matchups like that. And, and like you had mentioned uh um, mentioned uh, maybe it was even Saturday on on the broadcast. Uh, uh -huh. There there was even some quarterfinal matchups between ranked wrestlers in there, and if I'm not mistaken, I think 106 had one one individual that didn't have a winning record. You know, so that's that's how solid that that basically that whole tournament was. Yeah, I noticed that it may be one of the upper middleweights that there were 15 of the 15 wrestlers there, and I think only one, maybe two, had a losing record. And so it, the quality was, was really there. Uh, looking at, and I kind of went through to see, uh, of your 14 number ones, if that's how many there were, only two were not in attendance or did not wrestle anyway. And uh, so still extremely great quality. And, mm -hmm. and at 182, which is where one of them was not in attendance, the other two number one ranked kids from the other. So we had all three classes covered there. So it still had two number one ranked and, and four other, uh, three other, sorry, ranked kids. So what a quality tournament. Geez. And you know, um, the other thing that, that struck me as interesting was, uh, and I'm sure maybe people don't know a whole lot about him was uh, Cole Ferguson at 38 um, coming in as a number, number five seed 
and um, uh, coming away and winning that. Um, it was a good seed. Yeah, and yeah. I believe that's what it was. <laughs> Couple head scratchers there, but yeah, and but but at the same time, if they went by criteria, um, because I think they imported the criteria from the state tournament, um, or state tournament criteria, um, so to a certain extent, I guess I could kind of understand, but at the same time, I was kind of wondering how high he should be, how high he should be moved up, um, but uh, but that also showed you the depth of that. Of, of not only the tournament but that weight. Oh yeah, one one thirty eight was absolutely uh, crazy. Um, you know, uh, the semifinals. Um, you know, uh, Ferguson was uh, uh, on the top side. Uh, beat uh, uh, Kinabana, I believe, um, maybe by a point or two in the semis. Uh, Isaiah Weber uh, from Indy is who he wrestled in the, the finals. Um, Weber kind of, uh, I, I believe he actually got knocked out during his match um, and then ended up injury defaulting. Um, but uh, I think Ferguson was well ahead at the time, uh, maybe 11 to 2 even. So he was dominating. The one thing that kind of uh, about that, the semifinal between Weber and uh, Michael Macias of Davenport Assumption, uh, Macias uh, injury defaulted, and it, it looked uh, it looked like he actually was helped away from the mat um, by his coaches. So that's a serious injury that uh, uh, Assumption had a couple of those between him and uh, Derek Bass, uh, who injury defaulted out of the final. So kind of a tough weekend for Assumption. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, Ferguson was a part of the Waukee lineup. That I know you mentioned them last week a little bit about uh, them being kind of a sneaky good tournament team but uh between him uh carter freeman and um kofax christensen is that the 13 pounders name yes uh those two were very impressive i tell you what both of them uh uh won titles they're at the lightest weights but uh those two guys were really really impressive uh and Waukee in general, um, you know, uh, they really, uh, they really look good. You know, and like I, I had mentioned yesterday, you know, um, I think West Delaware was out one or two kids. Uh, Waukee was without one or two kids and Bosco was without one or two kids. So it kind of balanced out uh, between the three schools. You know, I think those three schools were uh, a little bit ahead of uh, fourth place Indiana, uh, independence. But mm -hmm. um, so I was kind of a balancer, but um, with, uh, with those three schools, uh, having their full lineups, uh, you know, and hopefully they're all back by the state tournament because it would sure be a shame if they weren't, even though they're all three in different classes. Right. But, uh, uh, the, the the depth of all three of those teams, you know, you can go up and down that whole lineup, you know, and you were talking about Colfax Christensen. I think old dad must have been a baseball fan. What do you think? <laughs> with Colfax and Thurman. Yep, I, I love that. I love that. A little uh, Sandy Koufax and maybe Thurman Munson uh, yeah. uh, there between the two. Um, yeah, definitely. I did make the connection with uh, Thurman at first, but now that you mention it, uh, that certainly could be the case, huh? Now, 
one thing I noticed at, at 113, uh, Benton Communities, uh, Jaden Moore, who was ranked at 113, evidently bumped up to 120 and, played, and was a runner up there. So in a 120, a tougher weight class in 113 as Colfax uh, was the only ranked wrestler there after everyone kind of left or didn't show up. So uh, um, but that was pretty impressive by, by Jaden. Yeah, an interesting uh, uh, dynamic there. I didn't realize it until the uh, uh, the broadcast, doing it with uh, Scott Becker, uh, uh, Don Bosco uh, supporter and statistician a little bit for the Dons, uh, pointed out that Jaden Moore was a, a Don Bosco wrestler up until this season. Oh. Um, and so Funk and, and Moore were – were teammates actually, I think wrestled at the same weight, maybe uh, as freshmen. Um, and that was a, a match that went down to the wire, really hard fought uh, final that Funk was able to, to win. He was really good on, on top in, in that match. Uh, they had a couple of, the Dons had a couple of battles between that. And you mentioned 182, uh, the, the final between Tenold, uh, I believe Carson uh, Tenold, and uh, Griffin Gamel of uh Waukee that was one that was uh, a real hard fought match and Tennell ended up uh, with a score late and then a ride out for like the last 19 seconds um 20 seconds or so uh and, and held on uh for the victory so those are two uh really uh fun matches uh to watch um, yeah even though uh, um even though I was down at Highland, I did take the time and, and went back through and watched all those finals matches. And uh, uh, with uh, Tenold, uh, it was almost wondering if, uh, you know, holding on to that leg in the last 20 seconds, if, if he would get called or not. Um, but uh, that, that was another one of those great, um, great weight brackets in there with, uh, with Tenold, uh, the two number one kids. Right. Um... And just kind of looking, uh, you know, Kale Ranavardi, uh looked good as well at 145 for Don Bosco. He he beat uh, Logan Payton six to three in a in a very competitive match uh, there in the finals. Um, then I was also thinking uh, Brandon O'Brien at 132 for Independence. He uh, won a title, uh, beating Thurman Christensen two to zero. Uh, that was one that had. Uh, uh, some real fun flurries and, and scrambles that uh, uh, O'Brien came out on top of. And and I think it was a second period reversal. That was the difference in, in that one. But it was, uh, you know, the team race. This was this was what was cool. Uh, you know, it was Waukee was up uh, most of the day. And West Delaware just kept chipping, chipping, chipping away. And, uh, you know, their upper weights um, are so strong. Um, you know, uh, you got titles out of Vossett at 170. And then, uh, you know, you got Wyatt Volker at 195. And then Christian Dunley came back and got third at, at, at 220. Um, Kale Meyer got third at uh, 182. And then Carson Petland, uh, number one ranked heavyweight in Class 2A, uh, improved to 17-0. He got a fall in the first period, actually pinned his way through the tournament. Uh, you know, those uh, four pins, eight bonus points, and his pin in the heavyweight final 
actually put uh, West Delaware up by five um, to win the team title over Waukee. And, and that's, I tell you what, that's fun. Um, you know, uh, talk to Petlin afterwards, asking him if, hey, did you know what the team situation was? And he's like, no. He goes, I don't care. He, he said, I, I am the kind of person that likes to be relaxed. I don't get all caught up in that other stuff. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm just more relaxed and focused and go out there. And that's what I want to do every time. So I don't put any, you know, added emphasis on trying to get a fall. It's just what I go to do every time out. So keep it the same, keep it even keel, have fun. And it paid off. And the one thing I thought was interesting talking to Jeff Voss after that was I asked him, did you know what the team, you know, he, Carson said, I didn't know. I go, did you know what the team situation was and what you needed and everything? And he goes, no. He goes, I, I didn't know exactly what the scores were. I wasn't telling them, hey, you got to go out and get this pin so we get team win. He goes, our goal was to go out and see where where we were at against tough competition. Uh, you know, just kind of uh, see where we need to get better. Our goal wasn't necessarily to come out and you know, win this tournament at Benton Community because we wanted to get better so, you know, we win a state title down the road. And I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, perspective uh, when things were tight. And it literally, the tournament literally came down to the last two matches. Right. The uh, I'll guarantee you, with track wrestling, everyone in the stands knew what, what was going on. <laughs> that makes yeah. it exciting. That's good. You know, and as uh, a coach, you, you don't you don't have time sometimes, especially when you've got guys going from mat to mat to mat, you know, wrestling. And, and I'm sure that's what the case was with coach boss and, and his coaching staff. They're busy. So they don't have time. to. Now some of the other guys, coaches might be looking at it for sure. But uh, the, the uh, West Delaware went nine and four in that final round. I, I know I emphasize it a lot. Almost, I'm sure every other coach emphasizes finish on the odds. In other words, first, third, fifth, seventh, you're, you're winning your last match. And uh, they went nine and four. That's pretty impressive. And and obviously, when you're when you're going down to the last match, you know. And here's how that works: you get you have your if you're in the finals, you're awarded twelve points already. And then if you win it, the winning first place is worth sixteen points. So you get the difference between first and second place, which is four points. So they were down by one point. All he needed to do was win it in that instance. But he he solidified it with a with a pin, which is two bonus points. So he got six points for that pin in the finals to win by five points. So that's, that's pretty cool. And whether he knew it or not, I'm sure he's, he's well aware of it now, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know and, and I was going through and I tabulated the, the amount of bonus points that they scored throughout the entire day. And there were 51 and a half bonus points, right? So one of the things that I think happened, and it's just natural, you know, there's a seventh place match, right? West Delaware won. They had an individual that got seventh but had two pins. That's four points. That's four bonus points from somebody that maybe nobody is watching Russell. You know, because, oh, he's going to get seventh or whatever. You know, his parents. points on the backside, so you get four plus advancement. So he's there's a great contributor there. Yeah, that's the difference. And I know it's cliche, right? 
you know, every point counts. Well, yeah, duh, it, every point counts. But you tend to, like we were talking about taking things for granted earlier, you take stuff like that for granted. I think back uh, all the way back to, I think, the 2011 uh, Big Ten Championships. Penn State beat Iowa by one point at Welsh Ryan, Ryan Arena at Northwestern. Brad Pataki, their Penn State's 125-pounder, got a pin for seventh place. That was the difference in the Big Ten Championship, the team championship. Now, didn't uh, Solon win State a couple of years ago by a half a point? Yep, by half a point. Yeah, same situation. So, yeah. yeah, so... Th- it's stuff like that where, oh, you don't think it's a big deal or, oh, hey, he got a major decision in a consolation match or, or whatever, big deal. Um, in instances, it can be a big deal. And I think some of this uh, maybe showed uh, at Benton Community where 51 and a half bonus points, that, that's huge. That's huge. And if you got guys going out to do that, that's, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty special. And, and the other thing that I had uh, kind of looked at, and if you don't do the math, you know, you're just looking at the looking at the team scores going into the place matches uh, where West Delaware, I think they may have been in third place at that time or maybe second. But in any, in any case, uh, who would have thought that they could come back and win that from as far down as they were heading into the place matches? Uh-huh. Um like like uh, Dick said, going nine and four was was a huge difference. Oh, and yeah. uh, I don't know, did you go in and look and see what uh, what Waukee did in that final round? I, I did not. I did, and I they went six and seven. Interesting. So them them three different matches. Yep. Yep. That's a that's that's a difference, and that's what's fun. Gosh, uh, kudos to Waukee and West Delaware and Don Bosco and. Uh, you know, that, that was fun. Uh, one last thing I want to bring up about Benton community was Drake Ayala. He was the outstanding wrestler. Uh, Ayala, um, two-time state champ, three-time finalist, uh, ranked number one by track wrestling in the country at 126. Couldn't get over the university of Iowa. Uh, I tell, I tell you what, he, he was, he was fun to watch. So smooth and, and so slick, and obviously, you know he's ranked number one in the country for a reason, and, and he projects to be a outstanding wrestler at the college level. But man, it was so fun to watch him in person. Um, I want to say he put up like 53 points in, in three matches. Um, none of them went past, you know, it's two pin. Two of them uh, were pins in the first period. Um, and uh, another one was a tech fall into the second period. So uh, Drake Ayala was, was fun to watch. And, and boy, you can see why uh, there are a lot of people um, that are enamored by what he does. Well, you know, and, and at the same time, speaking of Drake, you know, he had read out uh, from East Marshall in the finals, who we have ranked second in the state, you know, so it's not, it's not like he's, uh, he's got a putt, putt through that tournament you know he's got some quality kids right right well, you, it, uh, you get to see him again because he'll be at uh, yeah. 
on Saturday. And speaking of that, the Jayhawk, one of those tournaments uh, uh, coming up. Um, well, I guess, do you guys have anything else from last weekend before we move on to what's what's coming up this week uh, quick? No, nothing, nothing than except uh, there were some good tournaments. Uh, you know, even uh, – uh, and it's too bad Dick can't watch as much as he'd he'd like to being over there yeah. at uh, BGM uh, when you're when you're stuck on the mat all day. But uh, uh, you know, like Highland, it's it's uh, those are nice tournaments and they're 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 fun to be at, uh, even though they may not be the uh, uh, level that the Eckenrod was at at this year. I guess I do have something uh, just br- real quickly and briefly. Uh, it was interesting the Hempstead duels that, that featured. Sure. Number one, Southeast Polk, and number two, Waverly Shell Rock. They wrestled each other up and reversed that. Waverly Shell Rock won that. We also had number seven, Ankeny, who competed well. And, and Buke Hempstead, who we know is a pretty decent team, wrestled all three of those as well. And then uh, all over at the Linmar duels, um, some different results there. Uh, you had Linmar and Xavier both going two and one. Mount Vernon and Clerkie Kermano, one and two. And then Marion also wrestled in that as well. So... Yeah, had some local flavor there, too. Um, coming up this week, uh, as you mentioned before, you've got the Jayhawk Invitational uh, here at Cedar Rapids Jefferson. Uh, that's always a fun uh, uh, fun event. Uh, you usually get teams from uh, all over in all classes. Um, you know, Cedar Rapids Kennedy will make a, an appearance there. When was the last time the Cougars were – we're in the field there at Jefferson. Never. Never? Never been. No, the only, the only local school that was in it before was Prairie. Okay. That I, that, that I recall anyway. Well, Wash, I think Wash was there last year because I think. Oh, uh, yeah, last year, I guess, was an exception. Yeah, because oh. Grant showed up, so. It was, uh, it was, it was all, that was uh, the snow delayed one, right? Because right. he wrestled oh, on sure. Monday. So I think there are some changes uh, on the fly well, with that one. But, uh, you know, uh, we mentioned Albernet. Albernet's been there for a while. You've got Kennedy. Fort Dodge will be back in the area uh, for that. Um, you mentioned uh, Muscatine upperweights, um, including uh, what Nimley at 70 and uh, the heavyweight uh, 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 Toge to say. Uh, Pleasant Valley will be there. West Des Moines Valley will be there. Uh, Waterloo East, Forest City coming down um, as well. Uh, some Davenport schools and, and Boone, Cedar Falls will be in the mix. Uh, I think that's well. Forest City. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a nice little mix for you know with uh, Des Moines Valley coming in and uh, and Forest City. I, at least I think. Yeah, you I know. Tried, when I tried to build this tournament. I try to get schools from all over the state and represent, you know, the, the different, you know, north, south, east, west, and, and try to do that. I didn't want it to be like a Mississippi Valley t- tournament, you know, where you had a lot of schools that you saw throughout mm-hmm. the state. So um, that's what we kind of did there in building it. But it's changed since I've been there considerably. Uh, also in the metro, not going too far away, uh, uh, Marion. Uh, has their invitational named after their late uh, former coach Lloyd Schaefer. Uh, you got uh, teams from all over, you know, Benton who just hosted their big tournament. Uh, Wilton 
uh, that you saw down at uh, uh, Highland, Wyatt, Williamsburg, North Lynn, Mount Vernon, uh, Monticello, who you saw uh, Coach Briggs at the BGM that won there, uh, Maquoketa, uh, Atlantic will be coming all the way from the western side of the state, Eliza Muscatine, Grinnell. Uh, shout out to Nathan Ford, the Grinnellian, um, that does a great job uh, helping us produce this. Uh, Grinnell will be in the area um, as well for that one. And then and, then, and Xavier. Uh, and Xavier, yep. Mention that. Uh, then Solon, uh, the, the Haydenfeld is this weekend. Um, that's, uh, that's a pretty competitive uh, uh, tournament with uh, maybe more uh, small class teams, but uh, uh, Lisbon is there. North Scott, uh, is listed in the field uh, as well. Um, got Solon, Vinton Shellsburg, West Liberty, who had a champion, Kobe Simon at uh, at Benton. Um, you know, so a good field there at uh, at Solon as well. Yeah, Prairie Prairie is down there. They are okay. That's Prairie's varsity that'll be there. Ah, uh, that I couldn't tell you. Yeah, uh, the yeah. only. The only one they had listed was Solon JV, so I don't know if that's the Prairie Varsity or not. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and I'm guessing this year it probably is. Um, you know, I, I know MFL Marmac has, has their tournament uh, uh, this weekend as well. Uh, where are you guys going to be at uh, this weekend? I will be at Jefferson, um, helping with helping with that tournament this weekend and. Uh, I may uh, I may have to run up to Cascade and help them uh, get set up, but uh, and they've got a uh -huh. uh, a nice tournament too with Cascade. I think CR Wash is going to be there. Uh, okay. uh, Central Dewitt, uh, Midland's got a couple kids, um, and Burlington Notre Dame is going to be there. Um, Regina Union Laporte and uh, Western Dubuque, you know, among a couple other ones. Yeah. Good field. I always remember the Cascade tournament because of the heavyweight bracket, uh, the one year where uh, you had uh, Castello um, from Western Dubuque, you had Worth from Mount Vernon, and then I believe you had um, Brinkman from Regina, all in the same bracket, and uh, all three might have been state champs uh, uh, later that year. So I always remember the Cascade tournament because of that. So you'll find some good. Uh, some good wrestling up there on yep. Saturday. And I'm helping, or I'm roughing up the Jayhawk. Okay. I didn't want to mention this. I, I happened to see uh, Coach Whitcomb, Waverly Shellrock coach, who, who's hosting the girls, uh, tweeted out this morning that uh, in that girls state tournament, I say that with quotation marks because to me it's not a state tournament yet. And I'll mention that in just a second. But there, at this morning, he had 432 girls that were registered, 432. I think last year or the year before it was 100. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, obviously growing huge. And, and, and my comment is with that many uh, girls, now we need to start setting up some qualifiers to make that kind of an official state tournament and then get it sanctioned. Yeah. So the girls union or the boys union, someone step up the bat here for these girls that are, that are anxious to be competitive and have that right. Yeah. <clears throat> And actually, the, the cutoff is at 6 p.m. tonight, but I had actually uh, uh, tweeted out. In fact, somebody already has uh, 
470 already. So wow. they're going to be pushing 500 by six o'clock. What's the max? What's the max? I don't know what the maximum is, but there's 470 right now. That's a huge wow. <laughs> Yeah, we might we might be on the verge of the qualifying tournaments just to, to do that. Yeah, we've uh, actually been talking about that already because uh, because of uh, situations like this. You know, you got 12 weight brackets for the girls and uh, you're already talking 64 man brackets. Uh, all the way up and down, you know, on average, of course, maybe some of them may even be bigger, but uh, um, that's uh, uh, really pushing time. So I don't know if they're running eight or 10 mats down there at the extreme arena, but uh, you're just about going to have to. And then not only that, how many matches are you going to get in for the day? Yeah. So this is at the arena, not up at Waverly? Correct. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so huge tournament. Can, yep, and uh, we can delve into that a little bit more uh, next week. Here, really quick, uh, and this is my fault. I probably should have brought this up from the uh, from the get go um, at uh, uh, for the preps portion. Uh, the state tournament, uh, the boys' state tournament in Des Moines. Uh, there is a. a Stuff circulating on social media yesterday about uh, uh, the format schedule. Um, right now, uh, just so everybody's clear, uh, there is nothing official yet. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff was shared prematurely. And I'm guessing that's something that's probably been drawn up. Uh, you know, Wyatt... Um, I, I know you heard similar things uh, like I have from coaches and, and people in uh, close position to, to organizing the, the tournament that that was one of the things that had been bandied about to go to a one class per day mm -hmm. uh, state tournament and wrestle it uh, to fruition. Um in one day and then follow with the state duels on Saturday. Um, right now, that's not a certainty. certainty. Um, it could be. It could be here in a week, but uh, the association has a board of control meeting next Thursday, January 21st. That's when they'll approve and finalize the format that they're going to. Now, there are, obviously there are different percentages of the likelihood this is how it's going to be, right? Uh, it could be, um, it could be that one class per day. It still isn't out of the realm of possibility that it won't change. And I know there are some coaches that want that to happen. Um, I I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know if that's going to be possible. Um, my thoughts right now is that it probably will end up like that one class per day. I think fans, even though the limitations have been lifted, um, I think they'll restrict it probably to about 5,000 fans uh, each day if they keep it that way. Um, and then I think we'll see four-team state dual brackets. I think we'll see state duels whittled down to four teams for this one year. Uh, 
what'd you guys think about what you saw yesterday and, and what do you think they should or, or will do um, for a state tournament format? Well, you know, I had seen the same thing you had. Nothing was, you know, you saw all them rumor, basic, I guess I would call rumors on social media. Um, but I, like you, uh, knew that it wasn't, nothing was official until the 21st when they come out with their meeting. Um, my, my feeling is, you know, I'd like the old traditional tournament. I don't think it'll happen. Um, I, I, my personal opinion, I guess, is I, I could see the one day tournaments with the duels on Saturday, um, uh, with one day tournament, I think you could, since you don't have that cross traffic in there between, between classes, um, I think you could actually get more fans in there um, it, and, still, and still have the social distancing. Um, at least that's my thinking, uh, whether it's actually the case or not, I have no idea. But, but that's what I think you could get more fans in there if you, if you did the one class system. I'm not a big yeah. fan of it, but, it, but that's what it, is, what it is, will be this year. Yeah. I'm just going to trust that the, the powers that be and everyone that's involved is going to make the, the best, safest decision. I think the uh, cutting down to four is a necessity for the duels because it really is crowded down on that floor with, with the number of mats that they have going. Uh, you barely have room to move anyway. And with COVID, you, you need to lighten that up. So I, I, I understand why they're doing that. I wish they didn't have to, but it makes sense. You know, for, for one year, you're, you're going to have to, people are just going to have to suck it up and deal with it for one year. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, you know, it, and I don't know, sometimes there are changes that are made out of necessity. And then in the long run, they say, oh, hey, let's do it this way. I really like how that turned out. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case this year. You have to be understanding. I talked to Louis Curtis a couple weeks ago, and uh, there's a story at uh, thegazette.com uh, talking to him about there'll be changes. There are going to be some type of changes. You just have to understand that it's a necessity right now. And he met, they met with Wells Fargo. They're, they're looking at anything and everything that they can do to pull this off safely. So whatever decision that they come to, it isn't because of a lack of effort to – do what's best. I mean, that's, they're, they're exploring everything that they can in trying to figure out how it's going to be the best experience for the wrestlers, how it's going to be the best experience for the fans, you know, like it or not, there is a, a, a financial angle that they have to be aware of as well uh, to be able to pull this off, you know, hell media is going to, is going to be disrupted between, you know, the state and the NCAs. Uh, I know, I know that they're not going to be able to accommodate all of us like they normally do, but they're going to have to find a way to, uh, to, to cover it anyway, you know, uh, whatever, however that's going to look like, uh, you know, so we're just going to have to deal with, you know, what they come up with mainly because like Dick said, that's probably going to be the best alternative that they've dealt with, even though people will agree you're going to be damned if you do, damned if you don't in a situation like this when you're the association and tournament organizers. But, you know, uh, we'll find out next week for sure. Um, 
but no matter what the change is, I, I'm, I'm kind of like you, KJ. I just feel that it will only be a one-year deal. No, I, I agree with you. I think it's just kind of a, a temporary sacrifice that you're going to have yeah. to make for the format and schedule, and then next year get back to, to the norm, I guess. So... Any other parting shots? Any final uh, uh, comments or yep, anything? I, I failed to mention this, but if, if you're interested in watching wrestling, you can watch it tomorrow night. I'm, I'm guessing, at least online or maybe on uh, a television station, not sure. Uh, Upper Iowa is wrestling um, uh, Minnesota State uh, Moorhead. And, uh, and that's, uh, I'm guessing, at 7 o'clock. Uh, we failed to mention up right over. They did take one on the chin with Northern State and lost mm-hmm. that. That went down to the uh, to the heavyweight match, and it went down to tiebreaker one, the three to two tiebreaker yeah. win Northern State. So anyway, you can watch Upper Iowa tomorrow, and then Friday night, obviously Iowa, and then Sunday, you and I and Iowa State. So. Yep, and you're going to be on TV Thursday uh, with Limar Prairie, right? Excited, yeah. That should be a good duel. Both are. Very competitive teams this year, and I'm looking forward to that. Okay. And and, right. and speaking of Thursday night, um, West Delaware and Don Bosco are up at CPU. That's right. That's kind of a, a one of those uh, one of those duels that kind of came about out of uh, this whole situation and, and teams adapting and everything. Uh, West Delaware was supposed to uh, duel CPU, and and they just happened to CPU said, "Hey, Don Bosco wants to come." We, Will you uh, you want to make it a triangular and uh, West Elwood said, yeah, we'll wrestle them too. Great. So uh, it all worked out. So and that should be a fun one, especially after uh, a Saturday's uh, performance at uh, uh, Benton for both teams. And we'll see where, where they're all at and if they're a little closer to full strength. Yeah. That'd be a lot of, uh, same matchups again that they had last Saturday, you know, and, and it's kind of interesting um, to me, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, of course, uh, West Delaware beat Waverly. Of course, I understand it was beginning of the year. Waverly beat Southeast Polk. Southeast Polk beat Don Bosco. But all <laughs> three of your uh, your top teams of all classes have have met this year, which I find I find is interesting. That's awesome. That's awesome. I like that. Kind of fun on the high school level to see the bigger tournaments coming back here the first of the year, whereas we didn't have them so much of the in December. Right. Good to see that. That's right. And heck, we're getting close. Uh, we'll be at the conference tournament time uh, here pretty soon. So, a couple of weeks. Well, hey, I'd like to thank both of you uh, for joining me again today. Thanks to Nathan Ford for allowing us to get this spinning combination podcast done virtually as well. Like to thank everybody for uh, watching and tuning in this week, and uh, we'll be back here uh, next week talking a little wrestling at the college and high school level as well. Uh, Wyatt, why don't you uh, go ahead and send us out uh, uh, this week? As always, let's keep wrestling on the move.